Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Everybody knows that true crime can be a real buzz killer. So why not pair it with a nice glass of wine? Join us, Macy and Nicole, the hosts of Buzzkillers, a true crime podcast, as we drink our way through new bottles of wine every week while navigating true crime cases, conspiracy theories, and even some spooky haunts. The deep dives are kept light with banter and personal tales, and even the occasional boozy hiccup. Listeners are encouraged to grab a drink of any kind and tune in every Sunday as we tell the tales of the wicked that plague this world. Buzzkillers can be streamed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and anywhere else you like to listen. Check out our website, www.buzzkillerspodcast.com, for more information. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dell Identify podcast. If you are new here, my name is Haley, and in this podcast, we try to help as many unidentified victims as possible, get their names back by talking about them and sharing their cases wherever we possibly can. Now, in this episode, both cases do include the topics of either sexual assault or a violent manner of death. I will not go into the details, of course, but please use your best judgment when listening. On May 30th, 1996, a decomposed young woman was found in the Warren Bayou in Southport, Florida. Southport is still a small town today at just under 10,000 residents. It's north of Panama City, which is a much larger town. I would probably even consider it a smaller city. This area is very touristy because it's very close to 30A, which is a very famous highway as it borders the Gulf of Mexico, and it's just very beautiful beaches down there. It seems as though this case was heavily discussed because it was discovered that she was seen at Tan Fanny's on April 20th, 1996, which was a topless bar in Panama City, Florida. This bar closed down in 2015 after its owner was arrested for allegedly employing a minor, which is always great in this field of work. It has since been demolished, thankfully, and this unidentified woman was last seen with a man named Billy Frank Hansen there in 1996. It's believed she was killed on a dirt road near the steam plant canal after leaving with Hansen. Hansen's story is that they got to Tan Fanny's bar at 11 p.m. and he and his friend met the woman there. I don't know if he meant that they met up there or if they met her there. Around 3.30 a.m., the woman asked for a ride home. She was apparently very intoxicated, and when they were driving her home, they passed where she lived on purpose, and she didn't notice. They, of course, say she offered to have sex with both of them, and afterwards, they say that she demanded money from them, so they killed her on the dirt road near the steam plant. The reports do say that she was unfortunately sexually assaulted, so there seems to be evidence that this encounter was not consensual. The whole story of them driving past her house on purpose without her knowing is reason to believe that this wasn't consensual anyways. It's just like a really weird story to me. 
It's also reported she tried to contact a friend who lived in an apartment on Beck Avenue. I assume this came from Hanson because investigators were not able to identify who this friend was and she was not found with a phone to pull call records from. This was in 1996 anyways and of course not everyone had cell phones like they do today but this is what investigators do believe. Let's chat about what this woman was wearing. She was wearing a blue or bluish green three quarters sleeve pullover sweatshirt with the word Laguna on it. Now there is a Laguna Beach, Florida, but it is fairly far from Southport and it's definitely not as known as Laguna Beach, California outside of Los Angeles in Orange County. And she was also found with an LA Gear red and white striped sports bra, which is a larger brand from the 80s and 90s. It's worth considering that she could have visited California at some point because of her sweatshirt, but we definitely don't know that for sure. She was also found with a 7-inch gold-plated herringbone bracelet on her left wrist. The bracelet was two and a half centimeters in diameter, which points to the fact that she could have been a very small build. She does have some unique qualities about her that could help her get identified. First, she was likely between the ages of 21 and 40. I would definitely hope she was at least 21 if she was in this bar, but evidence does show that perhaps the owners didn't always care if there were minors in the bar. She had shoulder-length curly light brown hair with blonde highlights. She was about average height at 5'6 to 5'9 or 170 to 179 centimeters. She was missing one of her lower teeth and her upper wisdom teeth. Unfortunately, nothing about her dental work could point to one region or country, but her NamUs profile reports that she could have been European, specifically Czech. They do have two of her fingerprints and one partial fingerprint on file, which would be extremely helpful in identifying this woman. Now to some more unique qualities about her. She had a ton of healed injuries on her. She did have fractured ribs on both sides of her body, a broken nose, and a knee injury that had been completely healed. The medical examiner believes this is from a car accident, which definitely makes a lot of sense. She also had what was known as a boxer's fracture to her left hand. These fractures, as their name suggests, often come from punching someone or something at a high speed, so it's possible that Little Miss got into a tussle or two in her lifetime and she could have been left-handed if this was her primary punching arm and if her right hand did not also have these fractures. This fracture often causes a limited range of motion or a misaligned finger, especially while the fracture is healing up. Now for Hansen, he was convicted of second-degree murder and did 21.8 years of prison time. I was trying to find where he could be today because he should be out of prison by now, and he is not on Find a Grave in Florida, but I did see a Billy F. Hansen who passed away in 2008 but is buried in Texas. I'm not sure if Billy is alive or not, but that's all I could find on him. I'm glad this is one of those cases where the killer is held accountable, but he is somewhere out there if he is alive today. 
If you know who this woman was, please contact Detective Harbuck at 850-747-4700. If you deal with chronic pain, muscle soreness, migraines, or menstrual cramps, I am so excited to share one of my favorite products with you. Jovi is a medicine-free way to erase discomfort by using nanocapacitors to change the way your nervous system processes pain. To put it simply, it absorbs pain and tells your brain to no longer feel the pain in the specific area where you're holding the patch. Now, I know this sounds too good to be true and like some type of sci-fi fantasy gadget. So Jovi offers a no questions asked 120-day money-back guarantee. I personally love Jovi and can feel it instantly working whenever I put it on any particular area where I'm feeling pain. So get rid of any pain today and invest in a Jovi patch that will last you through years of use. You can save 10% by using the code DOEIDENTIFY or by using the link in this episode's show notes. Thank you so much to Nix for continuing to partner with me for my podcast. If you don't know what Nix is, it's a company that has absolutely everything you need so you can be comfortable on an everyday basis in your loungewear no matter what you're doing. Let's be honest, most bras are super uncomfortable and have sharp underwires that just do not allow you to relax at all whatsoever. What's so special about Nix is that they have no underwires in any of their bras, all of their straps are completely adjustable, and then they also have at least three to four rows of extender hooks in the back. They have completely changed the game for bras and loungewear, and I myself have five NYX bras, and I absolutely love every single one. Something else I love about NYX is their accurate representation of models on their website. You will have to see for yourself, but everyone is a real human on their website, and they're not perfect models that have been photoshopped for hours on end, and I just appreciate that so much. If you want want $15 off your most comfortable bra ever, use the link in my show notes and go ahead and spoil yourself and get something that you will feel confident in. Thank you so much to NYX for always working with me. It is an absolute pleasure. Let's move on to the second case. And just a quick warning, this girl could have been a minor if that topic is sensitive for you. Across the United States on May 20th, 1996, another young woman was found deceased at the hand of someone else. Unfortunately, this woman could have been as young as 15 or as old as 25. This very young woman was unfortunately found in an alley at 387 Cortland Street in Highland Park, Michigan. She had been shot hours earlier in the neck. Highland Park is very close to downtown Detroit, located just slightly northwest. For those outside of the U.S., Detroit is known as one of the most dangerous cities in the country. Highland Park, when considered as its own city outside of Detroit, has a crime rate of 66 in 1,000, which puts it at one of the top 1% of the most dangerous 
cities in the U.S. I don't say this to be mean towards this area. I just say this to make the point that she could have been a victim of a random violent crime, which definitely is not unheard of in this area, specifically hearing gunshots in this area. While it is still alarming, it's not unheard of. People living nearby said they heard a gunshot in the early morning hours. After she was found, the Highland Park Police used the media to reach out to locals, and unfortunately, no eyewitnesses or relatives came forward. The area she was found was just off of Lodge Freeway, so investigators believe she could have been traveling with her killer on this freeway from somewhere else. Something of importance, in my opinion, is that where she was killed was very close to the Canadian border. Today, it would be just a 20-minute drive to the border of Canada, and her killer would have to just take two freeway exits to get to Highland Park from Canada, so it, she was definitely very close to the border. This young woman had shoulder-length reddish curly hair that was tied into a ponytail. Investigators believe she was biracial with black and white. She had brown eyes, freckles on her face, and the blood type O. She was 5'3", or 161 centimeters, and she weighed 190 pounds, or 87 kilos. They tested her blood and she had no indicators of drugs in her system, but they do believe she could have been a smoker. My question was, what if her parents were a smoker? I'm not sure if her clothes smelled like cigarette smoke, but I just thought of that. What if she was on the younger side at 15 and wasn't smoking, but whoever she was with primarily was a smoker? I just bring that up so no one rules out if they knew this young girl. When you look into this case, you will quickly find images of a gold-colored watch shaped like a teddy bear in a brown leather wrist strap made by the brand Rumors. I looked into this brand and it looks like it used to be sold at JCPenney. I couldn't find any like active websites for this brand, but I do want to point out that Rumors is spelled with an O-U instead of just like an O-R, kind of like how Canadians spell things or even people in the UK or in Australia. So just to keep that in mind, but I was not able to find that this was an exclusively non-American brand, if that makes sense. Based on this watch, I would think that she is closer to 15 than she was 25, but you never know. She was also found with a JXP designed white skirt and a t-shirt covered with yellow smiley faces and red lip prints. She was wearing black athletic shoes with white trim in a size 8.5 and, and was wearing white socks underneath those. She also had a white lace bra and a white bow in her hair. Her fingernails were long and painted purple and her toenails were painted pink. She did have a healed scar that was four centimeters long below her right knee. Her teeth did show signs of dental work with three fillings. She did have some cavities that had not been treated and signs of decay were showing because of it. According to Detroit News, the Michigan State Police exhumed her body in order to collect DNA with the funding of National Center for Missing and Exploited Children in October of 2016. I have not seen any updates about her DNA or anything like that. Her NamUs profile is still up, but 
yeah, no signs of her getting identified through this DNA if they have started. I definitely hope that is the case. As always, I'm going to give everyone the reminder to submit their DNA to GEDmatch, especially if they have a missing family member or even just a sketchy family member that you think could be capable of doing something bad. So please go ahead and do that. I talk about it all the time, I know. If you know who this young woman could be, please contact Detective Kelly Dupois at 313-600-9205. Thank you all so much for listening to these two young women's cases. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Please don't forget to give me a rating on Apple or Spotify. And as always, if you do notice an error in the show notes or if updated information comes out, please tell me with your feedback there. That would be so incredibly helpful. As you all know, I try to keep these cases as accurate as possible and as up to date as possible, but with so many cases being covered, it is definitely hard to keep up to date on the little details that can come out over time, and I try to update my episodes accordingly. Thank you all so incredibly much. Have a wonderful day, and I will talk to you all soon. to the Doe Identify podcast. This episode was researched and recorded by me. This episode was edited by G. Hamilton. Our episode's music is by Coma Media. Tune in next time to hear more cases about unidentified victims on your favorite listening platform. Join me on social media at the Doe Identify podcast for updates to chat about cases. See you next time.